Hello, all you classless peasants. You're tuned into the Holy Heathen Podcast, and I'm your host, Ethan the Motherfucking Heathen. And the last episode was titled Trifecta, War, Religion, and Politics. All the things you're not allowed to talk about at the supper table, so that is why this podcast and production is adult-themed. We're going to talk about all the motherfucking shit that you're not allowed to talk about, because we believe in free thought, free spirit, freedom of fucking speech, freedom of goddamn choice, and freedom of fucking religion. You've been warned. And uh, one of the last things that we were discussing was how badass Hunter S. Thompson is. He's the type of writer that said things like, quote, all political power comes from the barrel of either guns, pussy, or opium pipes. And people seem to like it that way, end quote. One thing that I, I don't think I... One thing that I did a poor job of, of describing was Hunter S. Thompson was not just a savant uh, or, or someone that goddamn predicted the future, but I, I found it very ironic. He took his own life after George Bush Jr. got reelected, and one of the last things he ever wrote was how shitty George Bush was, and then... Like I was saying last month in September, you had Biden and Bush Jr. speaking two days apart, spouting the same ideology. And and I came back with a rebuttal. If you don't think partisan politics is going to get you killed, then you need to wake up. So from there, uh, I watched the continuing resolution process like a hawk. Uh, I have not been able to get my hands on uh, or the time to read what's going into this infrastructure bill yet, but I will, uh, especially whenever we get a final product that passes both House and Senate. And then also, I don't know, uh, more than six months ago, I was saying, who the fuck is funding all of these goddamn lotteries and free Super Bowl tickets? And no one seemed to have the answer to that question. But the debate was if we didn't raise our debt ceiling we were going to default on our loans i.e. declare bankruptcy as a country and that is a very real threat whenever there's an election coming up and what's at grabs is a majority rule in, in the house and senate so even though most people don't participate in elections that uh well that that is a statement in and of itself most people eligible to vote don't and, you know, why the fuck would they when you have two retarded candidates like the ones we just had in the last presidential election? And uh, like I've said before, and I'll say it again, I could have picked two better candidates for the president of the United States at the local goddamn Dollar Tree or, or gas station. Just go fucking find somebody. Um, so, yes, democracy has fallen. And and more people need to say, do those two cocksuckers deserve my vote? And, and what I say is no. That they don't even deserve my fucking energy. Um, but to to not get off on a tangent and digress into pure fucking rage, um, when a when a guy like Hunter S. Thompson tells you that the fall is coming and then it just doesn't for like twenty years, but uh, you see this process of endless wars, uh, endless campaigns abroad, uh, bankrupting yourself. And people just telling you that the money's free will just will just fucking print more of it. And 
that goes against everything that like we are taught, um, everything and in, in our morals as people, right? Like, but there is a real conundrum to solve, i.e. the continued resolution was signed until December. What happens then? Um, if there is a stalemate or if people can't get on the same bandwidth with regards to how much we should spend on uh, COVID horseshit. Sidebar. When you took that $600 check, you knew you would have to pay it back later. When you accepted that you weren't going to get kicked out of your house, but the banks are just going to keep accruing interest, you accepted that, right? Like, take some fucking responsibility for your own actions. That's $600 and then $1,200 and $1,400. That was just hush money for you to shut the fuck up while our government bailed out giant businesses that didn't need our fucking help, right? Like, your tax dollars didn't fix the fucking potholes in the roads. They put up more security cameras, more governmental overreach, and bailed out the fucking four big airlines. Which is what you see going on right now. Uh, Southwest pilots, right? They're trying to keep it hush-hush, but uh, the internet is going... You know, like, the internet is crazed with figuring out if the Southwest pilots are just refusing to get the vax, but... That's the true political game. Dangle a carrot out there. A distraction. Right? Like a, like a jab in boxing. You get them looking at this over here so you can land a better punch to the stomach or fucking throat. No one gives a fuck about vaccines. Vaccines are irrelevant. Vaccines, you look like a maniac if you dispute a vaccine because of our history, which is what I was talking about on the last podcast. It's a perfect fucking ploy. You look like a moron if you don't want to take a fucking vaccine. Well, those of us who don't want to take it aren't morons. We just don't want to be forced to fucking take it. We want our FDA to not be so captured regulatorily that they actually do their fucking job. And whenever you see that all of these fuckers that work at Pfizer and Moderna used to work at the FDA, uh, which has now uh, come into light, you really start to question and I, and I told you that with that book, uh, The Empire of Pain, which is a super great read, but makes you want to kill yourself. And on and on and on, the story goes. Uh, from Mayor Giuliani to fucking Rage Against the Machine music videos. Uh, that's, that's what I've been talking about over the last year. So where we are now is you have to ask yourself the question. When America is bankrupted. And that echoes like the 2008 housing market crash. There were riots in the fucking street in Spain. I know because I was fucking there at the time. <laughs> um, it is felt globally. Those ripples. The, the ripples of that fucking wave. And what does that wreckage and carnage look like? Are our politicians going to, in the final hour, pass something good for the public? I would say, historically speaking, no, they're not. It's just going to be more of the same. And that's because they're incumbent to the greedy international corporations. And the same thing happened in Greece and Rome and, and Britain, and it's fucking happening again here. So what, what does that look like when it happens? Because Great Britain is still around. They just don't have as much power as they, as they did. So 
who and at what caliber of fucking asshole feels fills that gap when we default on our loans? That's that's the real question. So not only have we just completely forgotten about the men and women who served the last 20 years in a shithole that we call Afghanistan and all the men and women that we helped over there that we just fucking pulled the plug on uh, and that debacle and the fact that Joe Biden was a prominent senator, vice president, and president for all of that fucking mess. He was in the room the day Osama got fucking clapped in the face. He's going to get away scot-free. Even though... Even though, and this is going to be over the top, this is going to be something that's probably going to bring me a lot of heat, but even though, by the Supreme Court's own case law, right, that 2008 court case where they uh, tried a college student for giving away free information to the freedom-fighting fucking whoever the fuck tigers of some shithole we don't care about, If a college student gets tried as a felon under the Patriot Act for giving away free information off the internet, then our president, by our own legal codes, is a terrorist because he aided and embedded a known terrorist organization to include um, persons, including oneself, right? Like, that's what the fucking Fed's website says. If you aid and embed a known organization that's on that watch list. He not only aided and embedded him, but he gave him our fucking night vision goggles for Christ's sake. Think about that for a second. But we're not going to think about that. We're going to throw Mark Milley under the bus. We're going to fucking fire a few more chiefs of staff here and there. And then we're just going to go on about our business like it never fucking happened. Because America is a state of amnesia. So who cares about a dead writer like Hunter S. Thompson? And who cares about a continuing resolution that may or may not even happen in December because right now it is the time of the devil that's right the great deceiver it is hallow fucking ween if the the word satan right the the deceiver uh doesn't give you chills that i don't know what will in an age of mainstream media propaganda being shoved down your fucking throat every uh, second of the day. If, if that doesn't make you think of the end times, then then I, don't, then I don't know what will. So by happenstance, a couple of books have crossed my path, and ironically enough, they're of the same feather, but uh, they are... In total disagreement with one another. So that they're so much similar, but they're also from different spaces and time. And I just have to to share my my findings over the past couple of weeks. But on a Jordan Peterson podcast, I was listening to this guy named uh, John Allegro, and he wrote this book called "The uh, Sacred Mushroom and the Cross." And the premise of his book is he looks at words, uh, particularly the cuneiform tablets of ancient Samaria, and he compares them and contrasts them throughout history in uh, Greek and Latin and and Old English. And his hypothesis is psychedelics not only helped ancient man create religion, but most of the Old Testament 
was a giant mushroom trip. And I think it's a fascinating hypothesis. I also think it's fascinating that we just ended Vietnam 2.0, the Afghanistan campaign, and then now there's a large psychedelic revolution, just like there was in the 60s and 70s. So if history doesn't fucking repeat itself, talking about amnesia, then then I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but the uh, the similarities are just beyond reconciling. And the book that I'm co-jointly, uh, or I should just say jointly, uh, reading, the other book is from the 1800s, and it's titled Earth's Earliest Ages. And the author of that book is G.H. Pember. And what's fascinating about it as it was written in a time when archaeologists were discovering dinosaur fossils all over the earth, and that was a direct threat to Christianity itself. So the, this very smart and endowed and, and obviously intelligent fucking person spent a great deal of time going back through ancient texts and revisiting what it says and what it might have uh, been trying to imply and uh, he makes a lot of great inferences, and he he says uh, in between all the fire and uh, brimstone, all the uh, all the Satan stuff and Antichrist stuff, uh, in between all that, there there are little golden nuggets of truth that pop out and say uh, we're only given, but a but a fragment of what's really going on, right? And and he he does ask more questions than he gives answers, so. I found both of these texts synonymous, but yet uh, decisive or, or divisive. So, in the one, it's a rebuttal to archaeologists finding fossils, which I think is just crazy. Like, if you could put yourself in that space and time and actually think about that, like, the things that we were discovering, the scientific breakthroughs that we were having, uh, the world was changing at an accelerated pace that threatened the very existence, the the fabric of their society. And then th this book might have been pretty controversial back then. So I think of this uh, psychedelic mushroom book in a lot of the same light. It's a new play on on the old and uh, both of them go back through the through the text and they, and they go back through the language. But what's interesting about the Allegro book is he he not only wrote ten other books about the Dead Sea Scrolls, so he's, he's obviously a subject matter expert, but he he is now going through cuneiform tablets from ancient Samaria, and he's constantly saying, "I wish we had more info. Uh, what buried treasure is still out there in the desert?" And the entire time I'm reading this book, I'm just sitting there thinking, fuck you, ISIS. Fuck you in your fucking face. Because they were the ones, if, if you guys can remember as far back as 2017, they were the ones blowing up ancient fucking ziggurat, ziggurats and beheading fucking historians. Right? The first civilization between the Tigris and Euphrates. And... Just like all of man's history has been blown to fucking smithereens. It, it was on an equivalent scale as uh, the burning of the library in Alexandria. 
to me. Like that's how I felt as I watched that shit unfold on television. And ironically enough, I, I don't feel like anyone else actually gave a flying fuck. Right? It's like you know, there's old inscriptions in the stone of these bird-headed fucking winged gods and the Anunnaki and Zachariah Ascension fucking 12th planet shit. No one gives a shit, right? But when you tell them, that's the code of Hammurabi, right? Like They are blowing up 10,000-year-old artifacts that might tell us a little bit about what we're fucking going through today. And that's what this entire book uh, entails. And it's a it's a goddamn shame. It's it's a it's a shame of the highest caliber. I mean, I I honestly just can't even fucking believe in the year a tw- uh, year of our Lord twenty twenty one, we still put up with fucking horseshit like that. But uh, we do, and and the world is not a safe place, and it's very turbulent. But then you go back to Pember's earliest ages, and uh, just just in the preface, uh, this dude's talking about dinosaur bones seances, spiritualism, uh, Eastern theology, like Buddhism, and those were all direct threats, and they were all catching on like wildfire, and uh, they they frightened him so much so that, that he wrote this giant, enormous fucking text, and what, what just reading that preface, you're like, what the fuck is this book about? Because in one, one section, he's talking about uh, astrology versus astronomy and uh, he says astrology is a, an actual science that that needs further uh, investigation and then he's talking about the uh, geological anomalies uh, i.e. fossils of, of dinosaurs and uh, and then he's talking about how the uh, the old testament is not just a history book but just a list of facts and uh Man, it's it's just like it seems so scatterbrained and out of place. But when you actually put yourself in that space and time, uh, it makes you realize that that was that was turbulent, right? Um, he he talks an awful lot about spiritualism and uh, the great uh, cosmogony. Uh, I think is what the way he describes it, and um, and he goes back time and time again in, in scripture, and he says that. Uh, Spiritualism is spiritualism is just uh, Satan deceiving people that that you really have to be saved in order uh, to get this stuff. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. It, it has to be fascinating enough for me to spend so many hours in my already busy, busy schedule uh, to dive into this shit. But um, wow, like, c- could you could you consider? Just for a second, could you put yourself in that place where your very existence is being threatened? And um, I can. I can indeed, actually, in the way that people are canceling comedians and and, uh, firing academics and giant corporations like Apple and Nike or firing people for fucking thinking and uh, not towing the party line and there used to be a uh, concept that, like, at your profession, that's a that's a workplace environment, and then whenever you come home, you have, you have privacy within uh, your home, and that's 
that's deeply rooted within the, the Constitution and the framing documents within itself, you know, the right to privacy. And uh, more and more, it's not. Uh, more and more people's uh, reach or, or overlook, they want to be inside of everything that you're into. And I guess where I'm going with this is a, a friend of mine is a, is a huge BLM supporter, and, and I've... I've spoken towards that in, in previous episodes but um, she was telling me that this uh, teacher was fired because like her Alexa or her husband or maybe it was like a child's toy caught a fight between husband and spouse within their own domicile and then I think out of retribution the husband maybe even in the court uh, divorce violence, whether, how it came out, I'm not sure, but, uh, it came into the public spotlight, their private conversation, and, uh, it was pretty nasty and vile. And my friend who is, who is a BLM supporter said, we need to catch these sons of bitches wherever they are. And I said, yes, uh, the truth always comes out. And maybe this person is a very foul individual, but, how many of us have said something awful when we were fucking angry, especially fighting with a spouse? And it took her a second, but she saw where I was coming from. And, and I think that is a very slippery slope, a very dangerous place to go. And one of the reasons why I started this fucking podcast because you're already fucking listening to it. You're already invading my privacy. You're already in my fucking thoughts. You're already in my fucking Alexa. You're already on my fucking Apple Watch. Like... The criminals in asylum are already fucking listening to it. So I might as well make it fucking public, right? That is a real discussion to be had. And we need to say, like the adults in the fucking room need to say, are we willing to allow this? And, and what, what could be the possible consequences? People like Jordan Peterson, and I, I've even dis, I disagree with some of the things that he says. Like I'm not even a devout Peterson fan. But one thing I'm thoroughly convinced of is he is correct in telling people to watch or listen to or, or read the Gulag Archipelago. Um, it's unlike other books, which, which I've referenced before, like A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who is a psychologist that survived Auschwitz for four years and his entire family was slaughtered. And he, he spent the rest of his life telling people that we need to avoid that outcome in the future. So, you know, it had a positive ending. Well, uh, the Gulag Archipelago, <laughs> I feel like, is the other side of that coin because it is Stalin killing one-third, or no, a quarter of Russia's population. Mass slaughter. Millions of fucking people. And then one of the things that the author of the Gulag uh, Park... Uh, archipelago I think of Solzhenitsyn tells you in that book is he caught so much flack for writing it for like decades like you were not allowed to talk about the motherland even after all the atrocities that the motherland committed and one of the things and and you know and, and America has a rich history of hating communism uh you know just cue any Reagan speech but, you know, if you're red, you're dead type shit. But if you put yourself in that scenario or if you 
read or ingest material like that, you can't help but see the parallels of partisanship reoccurring right now. It doesn't matter if you say fascism, uh, Nazism, or communism. It's all partisanship. It's all blindly following the party line, right? Whenever you were drug off to the gulag, it was because you were an enemy of the people. You were an enemy of Stalin. You were an enemy of the people. And they didn't have due process or due cause, and they didn't have to fucking prove anything. All they had to do is torture someone else long enough and hard enough that they wrote your name down on a piece of paper. That's all it fucking took. Now, you fast forward to today. You have a former U.S. president and a current U.S. president spouting the same shit, and they say things like, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You're an enemy of the people. You're the problem. And and tell me that I'm uh, grasping at straws there. Tell me that the vernacular is not synonymous. Tell me that I'm a a fucking Looney Tune or a goddamn Fruit Loop for not seeing how close we are to that. Because... President Obama rounded up Mexicans at the border and put them in concentration camps, and no one batted an eye because they weren't uh, card-carrying Americans. They weren't U.S. citizens, so no one gave a shit. President Obama mass-tortured people in Guantanamo, and then he finally uh, released a few of them, and then he caught a little flack for releasing a few of them. But uh, needless to say, it all happened under the, the Obama and Biden administration. So the stage has been set like... State-sanctioned violence is not just the Republican Party's issue. The, the Democrats have done plenty of it themselves, which is why I list these shitty examples from memory. Um, where we're headed is not going to be a Republican or Democrat. Like It is going to be total fucking tyranny of a colossal level. Because if they... <laughs> so let's think about this. We go into a let's play let's play an imaginary game. We go into a Delta variant lockdown again, and even the essential people uh, are sidelined, right? So we're all one paycheck away paycheck away from bankruptcy. So now you don't have a means to support yourself. Uh, two, we're running out of the government handouts because we can't even raise the debt ceiling to pay for the last round of. COVID bailouts that we did. That's what this entire debate is about. The infrastructure bill, which we can't fucking fund, which is going to give Biden a legacy, and then also all those million-dollar fucking COVID lotteries that we gave people. We can't pay for the shit. We're already... uh, We we can't even cash the checks we've already written. They're going to bounce. So if... We close the economy down again, which I don't think we will. I'm just saying in this imaginary game, I don't think we will because there's an election coming up and the fucking Democrats don't want to lose. So, but if the Delta variant is as bad as everyone says and we close everything down in our imaginary game here and you don't have a means to support yourself and the government's not going to bail you out again and then those big old dirty banks that always seem to get theirs just start taking your shit. Like, what does that look like? And that's what I want 
you to consider. I want you to think just for a second how close you are to the fucking poverty breadline. Uh, people lost their goddamn minds over toilet paper. And now that you've thought about how close you are to the gulag, I want you to think what incentive does Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson have to keep America a country? President Trump gave them millions of dollars under the guise of an emergency for research and development for their vaccines. Millions of dollars. Several times. You can go look it up. It was like two or three different installments of millions of dollars of your money. And then Biden uh, picked up that torch and ran with it uh, with with these vaccines and, then, and now also the boosters is what everyone wants to talk about. And they want to give it to every man, woman, and child from zero you know, from cradle to grave, right? That's what our health system is becoming. Cradle to fucking grave. And they don't want you to have a choice in that. So, now that you're being force-fed a product that you don't need if you have a goddamn immune system, if you're a hard fucking target, right? Um, now that we've played out that scenario, what incentive does Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, or Pfizer have to keep America from defaulting on their debt. I'm still waiting. They don't have any fucking incentive. All they care about is the next goddamn quarter, and that's what I've been telling you with the crony goddamn capitalism. They will bankrupt an entire country and then just fucking leave it. Just like the goddamn... Lehman Brothers, just like the fucking Enron, fucking jerk-offs, fucking giving people loans that they shouldn't have, or, uh, you know, the, the fucking Enron douchebags used to project potential earnings and claim it in that quarter. The white-collar crime will get away with fucking murder, even whenever people have droopy fucking faces from their poison, and they'll get off scot-free. They have so many catches in all of this. You can't sue your government even though they're going to force you to fucking get the vaccine. You can't sue the company. There's no liability except for on you. And, you know, you might call me fucking crazy, but I'm one of those guys that reads user agreements. And the funniest South Park episode that ever aired on television ever was the one where they were talking about Apple's fucking user agreements. Because it's true. It's fucking true. If you actually... Look at what Snapchat is doing with your fucking data. And we all just accept that we're the fucking goddamn expatriatory fucking heifer. Like, we just accept that we're the ones getting slaughtered. We just accept that we're what's for fucking sale. Um, but I don't. I fucking can't stand it. I read a uh, Bitemoji keyboard user agreement one time. And it said right in it, if you text the the emoji of a dollar sign or anything related to numbers then they have access to your fucking bank account right there inside of a bit emoji fucking keyboard on my apple think about that for a second you don't even you don't even fucking read the user agreement you're giving them access to your goddamn bank account and, and i think i have brought this up before in other episodes but i'm going to bring it up again we've had intelligence breaches and people's security clearances within the Department of Defense. That was years ago. We've had Experian lose everyone's goddamn data. There's only three fucking credit bureaus, right? 
TransUnion and Experian and the other one, and, and Experian's still in business. Uh, we've had Facebook lose people's fucking data. We've had Apple lose people's fucking data. And all of them send you a friendly email telling you to be more more safe and secure. <laughs> Even though more and more things, including our fucking money, is online. Everything's online. And one of the things that I've tried to illustrate through this painstaking process is unless you're going to go join a cult and live in a fucking commune, what are your options? Because I like society. I like opening up my fucking phone with my face. I like jerking off to fucking Pornhub. I had a fingers click no matter where I am on the goddamn planet. Uh, I love the convenience of the modern era. What I don't like is the lack of control. My bank account is my fucking business. Which brings me to President Biden trying to give the IRS more access into your money. And I read some newspaper articles on that. I think it's hilarious that J.P. Morgan is the group that uh, gave Fox News the talking points. Uh, That was in the newspaper article. And we can go back and forth. I don't think it has a rainy uh, chance in hell of passing. And then two, the IRS doesn't even know what the fuck they're doing because the tax code is so long that they don't even know what's in it themselves. And, And why would they? Because each company lobbies to get their tax break loophole thrown on, right? No one wants to just pay 10% of what they fucking make. Everyone wants to just keep tacking in away from them to get around the law by creating a new loophole. That That's the game that is played. So the best I can make it is you keep your mouth shut. You toe the line. You get a shitty job at a corporation that destroys the fucking planet. And at best, maybe you'll have some residual income left over to invest in that shitty corporation you know, stock. That's about the most you're going to get out of this finite existence. Unless you're one of the devout. Uh, unless you have faith, children. Which is precisely why I bring up these two books that I'm that I'm co-reading. Um, the Allegro book is saying almost like a Freudian slip. Everything is sex. It's saying that the ancient Sumerians uh, saw the rain as God's semen, right? Because without rain, nothing grows. So they are so the rain, God's semen, impregnates Mother Earth. That's where Mother Earth comes from. The vulva of life, fucking giving, right? Like Mother Earth gives, gives, gives. And the way that the little agrarian Sumerians got around that was by worshiping the sun and, and uh, trying to listen to uh, the word of God, which, you know, that uh, Allegro says is uh, thunder and lightning. And that all really makes sense. And then you throw in some fucking trippy mushrooms. And uh, have a wild ass time. And yeah you can come up with some pretty good stories. And what's fascinating is. Uh, and, and also difficult to read at times. But when they jump back and forth. Between these words. And, and the root origin. 
in the Latin and Greek and then and then trace it back even further to the Sumerian. Um, both texts are using the exact same uh, research and development to prove their points. So the earlier author, the 1800s book, is saying uh, anything that doesn't agree with the Old and New Testament, and particularly the book of Revelation, is the devil being deceptive. But they also conversely say that man's corruptible and that some of the pagan uh, ideals were slipped in to the Old Testament. And, and he, uh, right in chapter 1, he, he talks about how Janus, the, the, uh, the Roman version of Zeus, uh, that like same phrase and terminology and, and that sort of story pops into the book of Genesis. And uh, I, I think with, with a modern set of eyes, and, and I know that it's just that and it's just my own perspective, but I think that kind of discredits the entire argument. It's like, well, if, if you're going to pick out, pick out certain examples of uh, stealing of pagan concepts and throwing it into the book throughout, then is it too far of a stretch to say that the whole thing is a, is a hodgepodge, kind of like the Constitution of the United States. It's really just a conglomerate Frankenstein bastardization of everything else that was tried. And, you know, that might be pure heresy or blasphemy to, to say something like that. But I, I truly mean in like a historical perspective that, you know, to the Romans, uh, Christianity was just another fucking cult, right? Like, like they, there were uh, plenty to, to choose from and how it ended up becoming the Roman Catholic Church is, is still something that I contemplate. And how the Roman Catholic Church, after fucking little boys, can can still be a thing is also something I contemplate. Because you see, in Allegro's book about the mushrooms and the cross, he lists the Roman Catholic Church's um, grievance with birth control, and he traces that exact example all the way back to the to the fertility cults of Sumer and the original sin, and he says. That in the, the original version of sin, the definition was uh, like barren fruit or, or something that doesn't come to fruition. And that's translated over the years into like missing the mark, right? If you really take it back to the, to the root, it was having sex for pleasure and not for procreation. Because we're talking about the fertility agrarian sun cult of ancient Sumer. And he said that's why the the Roman Catholic Church in recent times has had issues with things like birth control, which a natural person's brain would did say what type of hypocrisy, <laughs> you know? Like if if raping children um, of the same sex is it's not sinful by by that definition, then then I don't know what fuck it is, but. Just the things that come up in books, right? Just just the things you come across. But I, br I bring up these points, uh, not to poke fun, but to say I am all too aware of reading this stuff from, from a modern perspective, right? Like hindsight is, is twenty twenty. One thing that I have thoroughly enjoyed and learned from, from both of these texts uh, that at face value disagree is they 
both say there's there's so much more to learn. And Allegro even puts an asterisk every time there's something that like he wishes there was there was more to to find out, right? Like when you're talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls, there's fragments. There's just little pieces of paper the scientists have spent like 20 years trying to put together and, and then decipher. So one, yes, we are given just little finite sections, but then two, in real scientific fashion, you always have to ask what predisposition is, is keeping us from the next breakthrough? Like what limiting belief of the day is keeping us from 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 reaching the next level or, or finding the answer to this terrible problem that we have? And God, that is just like such um, a fucking blessing, right? <laughs> like if in the beginning there was the word, I think that's the fucking word is <laughs> is how little we know living a, a third dimensional existence in a goddamn meat suit. And I fucking love that. Like I cherish that. I covet that. And I think for a Halloween time of year of a hodgepodge of, of pagan and, and Christian malarkey, I think it is a, a perfect goddamn time to, to reiterate the fact that none of us know what the fuck is going on at any given time. And I think that is a perfect place to end this episode. So praise be to thee, a goddamn heathen. <laughs>